Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I am so excited this morning and so ready. You can be seated because before I even get into this, we have something so awesome for you guys. I could not wait for this to get here. I said this like it's not a person. That was weird. So we have our own, matter of fact, come up here and stand by me. Makes me look better. We have our own in-house missionary. Come on, make some noise. She has been in Kenya, Africa. Preaching the gospel. That's what I'm talking about. Make some noise. I, uh, I had Taylor in my youth group when she was just a baby. It felt like that, didn't it? She was so young, and I've got the privilege of just watching her grow and become the woman that she is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just be honest with you guys. I remember at one time when the youth group, was, it was in rough shape, guys. I'm just being real with y'all. It was in rough shape. And I showed up one Wednesday night getting ready to have youth. I've been preparing. I walked in there, and Taylor was the only person there. <laughs> I thank God for her. She saved my ministry. <laughs> uh, uh, she's fixing to give her testimony. I'm not going to say a lot. Are you starting with a video? No, I'm going to go ahead and talk. Okay. Well, here. Here she is. Y'all make some noise. Oh my gosh, it feels so good to be back in America. (laughs) It was the most incredible trip I have ever experienced. Um, It was absolutely amazing. You're going to have to bear with me because I'm already crying and um, I have a lot to share. But God just did so much this week. Um, uh, So to start off, um, we got home uh, Friday about 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, Still trying to get over jet lag, but it was so worth it. Um, So... um, I'm like, where do you even start? Okay. First of all, 665 people gave their life to Christ. <laughs> 70 people were filled with the Holy Spirit. There were multiple healings, and I'll get into all of that. And um, this may not mean much, but we were given five pieces of land for a church. And what that, um, how that would happen is we would go into the services, and we would have the service, and we'd be sitting there thinking, okay, they're not even understanding us. Like, we're white people here trying to teach all these people, you know, about Jesus. And, and I was like, well, are they even understanding? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they would, they would offer up a piece of land for a church and say, can you have it here next week? Like, they were so hungry. So five pieces of land were offered for churches. We have a school um, there in Kenya um, that it's an African school and uh, they are being trained to be pastors, missionaries, teachers, evangelists. They are being trained in the, in, yeah, and all that. And um, they are what's, they're what's coming up to be positioned in these churches. So y'all be praying for those uh, students as they come up and um, they get ready to take on those churches. And um, so in four days, we did 45 services. Um, we, the way that it would happen is we would have, we had three leaders and, um, each, uh, day we were paired with a leader and it was a group of us, probably about nine. And, and it was equal, um, Americans and Africans. And, uh, we would go out to a Boma and, uh, Boma is a village, um, that is set up, uh, way out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, 
we would, each team would do five services a day. Um, so we added it up within four days. We were doing five services. It come out to be about 45 services. Um, so we would go into these BOMAs, and um, a lot of these people had never even heard of Jesus. They knew there was a God. They knew that there was a creator who had to create everything, but they had no idea that there was Jesus, the Son of God. So getting to go in and preach Jesus to people who have never even heard, at first I was like, God, how, how do we do this? You know, And Holy Spirit, though, just went in and prepared their hearts before we ever even got there. Um, so I want to make sure I get all, everything. Um, the way that it would work is we would go in and we would ask that we couldn't just barge into their, their Boma, to their village. Um, we, out of respect, um, one of the African students would go in before us and ask them if um, he would say, there's visitors here from America. They have good news to share with you. We ask that you come out of your village and um, listen to what they have to say. And um, we'd start on each of us would give our testimony every single time. That's one thing that I loved is no matter where we went, um, you had to be prepared to share, had to be prepared. If they said, get up and preach, get up and encourage, we had to be ready at all times to do that. And, uh, which was so, it pushed me out of my comfort zone and pushed all of us out of our comfort zones. Um, and then after we would preach, uh, we'd give our testimonies after we would, then we would preach and then, um, we would have a healing service and, um, just about every single time we would preach, uh, just like almost every single person in the village would get saved. And we were starting to wonder, like, is, well, what if, what if another religion or what if, you know, atheists come in here and say, well, there is no God and there is this. Like, would they just believe that easy? Would it just be an easy thing for them, you know, just because it's new and they'd never heard it before? And we got to talking about it and, you know, Holy Spirit is the one who went before us. He prepared their hearts. And the other people, you know, atheists, they don't have the Holy Spirit to go in before them. And so that just gave us a peace to know that this was a real thing. Like, they were literally giving their lives to Christ. It wasn't just a, because these people they've never seen before here talking. Um, but some of the healings that we saw were absolutely incredible. Um, the first day we were there, we saw um, a blind man healed. Uh, we were in the Boma and we were ministering and one of the young guys that came with us, he walked past uh, this man and put his hand on his shoulder and was praying for him. And the man stopped him. And of course, they speak a completely different language. So we had translators. And um, the man asked me, he said, can you pray for me? I'm blind. And um, the guy said, yes. And so he, pray, he puts his hand over the man's eyes and starts praying. And um, kind of everybody's over there and praying for this man. And he moves his eyes, his hands off of the man's eyes. And um, he says, can you see me? And he said, yes, I can see you. So instantly, um, the man was healed. Um, while all of that was going on, um, as soon as I walked into this, to this Boma, I heard the Holy Spirit say, there's somebody here that's deaf. And uh, I was like, God, that's a big deal. Like, so I, um, I was just like, okay, God, if, if you le keep leading me to do it, I'll be obedient. And while they were praying for the blind man, um, I heard God say again, ask, there's someone here that's deaf. He just very subtly just asked, there's someone here that's deaf. And um, so <laughs> I had a blind moment because I was thinking, well, if they would have needed healing, they would have come forward. And I told the pastor that went with us, and he was like, sweetheart, they were deaf, so they wouldn't have known to come forward. <laughs> so um, I, I, uh, we ended up announcing it, saying, if there's anyone deaf, would you please come forward? Because um, we'd like to pray with you. Well, one of the women, uh, the Messiah women, the Messiah is the culture that we were there, um, the tribe. But one of the Messiah women walked over and grabbed the woman that was deaf. And um, I just felt 
fire instantly, like, full, like pour out over me. And um, she walked up towards me, and I placed my hands over her ears. And I just started praying, commanding death to leave. And um, I took my hands off of her, and the, the pastor that was standing beside me, he said, can you hear me? And she goes, and like was looking around. She said, I'm healed. She said, I can hear you. And we just went into erupting just praise and, and just we were so excited because, I mean, a blind man and then a deaf woman. And it was just incredible. And then in the other, the other teams, they come back and they said that there were, there were more uh, deaf people that were healed that day. There were people with malaria that were healed. Um, if you don't know much about malaria, you get really, really hot. You run a really hot fever. Most of the time, there's no cure for it. They have no medicine over there to cure anything. Um, we would lay our hands on them. They'd be scalding hot, take our hands off, and they would be cold. Feel, feel, feel that their temperature go back to normal as we're praying for them. So God is just doing stuff over there, and he wants the same Holy Spirit that was there with us is here with us here. So just because we were over there and we were, we were able to have the Holy Spirit with us does not mean that he is not here. And I heard some awesome testimonies from the revival, the healings that were happening. I want that to continue because the Holy Spirit is here, and he's moving. Um, but one thing that I have to um, say is, well, the first day we were there, I started questioning. I was like, God, how am I? How are they going to know that drinking is bad, or that you know that you're not supposed to do all these different things that you know? I guess in Christianity, you know, I guess it's looked down upon, or you know, how do they know that they need to have a relationship with you and um, that you want to talk to them, you want to know them? And He very quickly reminded me. He said, the "Holy Spirit said, I've got this." He said, "You prayed. You you have asked me to prepare their hearts. Now I'm going to do the rest of it." He said, "Let me do my." job, you go in, you do your job and, and preach the gospel, and I'm going to take care of the rest of it. So that's why like, I think so many times we, we go about it the wrong way. We see a new convert, and we're like, okay, just to, so you make, just to make sure, like, don't do this, don't do that. You can't be seen in this place. You can't be seen in that place. But the Holy Spirit is going to do it. And that's the thing. It's our job to love the people well. It's not our job to be Holy Spirit. And that was so convicting to me because I've, I've done that before. I've, I've seen to talk to somebody and seen them, well, you know, you, you probably, should, that's probably not the best thing to do, but if you would just love them and let them be loved by God, he's going to take care of it all. And so that was a really big eye opener to me. Um, one thing that was really cool too is um, we got ready, on that note, we got ready to leave one of the Bomas, and this was actually another team. And they were in the Bomas, and um, they hadn't said anything about drinking drugs, witchcraft, because witchcraft is very big there too. And um, they hadn't said anything about that. Well, they get ready to leave and they turn around and the people in the villages are pouring out their alcohol, burning witchcraft, things that they use for witchcraft, setting drugs on fire. So like in that moment, like we didn't even have to say anything. Holy Spirit just did the job that he, that he does. He just kept working and kept working on their hearts. And we, would, we prayed for, a, for a, a girl who was so sick, she couldn't even come out of her house. We went in and we, um, we prayed for her. Well, she wasn't healed immediately. And that was a big thing for us because we had seen constant healings and healings and healings. And all of a sudden, she wasn't healed. And we were like, okay, God, you've got this. We, we trust you. And we talked to her and we said, I, we just want you to believe that God is going to heal you. It's already started in the process. And um, the next day, her... I think it was her mom or something like that. Um, someone in her family come and found us in our camp and said, my daughter is healed. She was walking out of, the, of our Bulma this morning. 
And so he's working. He, and I think sometimes we, we think if we don't see the result immediately, oh, it was just a failure. No, the seed has been planted. Holy Spirit is going to continue to do the work. Um, okay, so another thing that was really awesome is... Um, Transformation. Um, we all know this, the scripture, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Um, if you're a new creation, um, old things have passed away. All all things are new. Um, that's one thing that we saw. Whenever these people would get saved and they would they would start living for Christ, um, they do this thing where they they wear gauges in their ears and it like makes them makes their ears like hang down on their shoulders. And um, the women would wear all of these really, really pretty jewelry and stuff, but um, it was just a traditional thing. And um, sometimes we would even see whenever that would happen, they would completely look different the next time we saw them. Like they would have different jewelry on that we'd ask them like, well, I was saved. So I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't want to be a, have my old life that I don't want to look the same. I don't want to act the same. And so we would see a complete transformation and which was so amazing. Um, okay. Um, so we were standing in one of the Bomas, and this was something, it just made us all cry and think about. Um, we're standing in one of the Bomas, and we're preaching, and um, Pastor Mikey, which is the pastor that I went with, he leaned over to us, and there was a little boy that was right across um, from us, and he had flies all over him and barely had any clothes on, and his eyes were swollen and just from the flies and everything. And... Um, Pastor Mikey leaned over and he said, you know, when Jesus went to the cross, he saw that little boy. He saw him. And that was just something that was so powerful to us because sometimes we can get so, like, they don't deserve Jesus. They've done too much to me. They've, they've hurt me too many times or they're too dirty. They, they've, they've, they've messed with my family too much. But that person, God saw that person when he was on the cross. And to, to be able, you know, because we were in very nasty circumstances. I mean, there was feces everywhere and mud and it was just not a, not a very pleasant place to stand. And these, all these people are dirty and probably have never bathed before, but God gave us such a love to be able to hug on them and love them and not even care. And because we just kept that in mind, like God died for even, Jesus died for even them. And, um, so, uh, we went to this open city market crusade and it was the very first crusade I'd ever been a part of. And, um, there were about 50 people there and we got there and it was kind of awkward because no one there was, was saved. And, um, they were kind of look kind of, you can tell they were judging us. Like, what are they doing? And we, um, started singing and we would give our testimonies and, um, it was just kind of, you could like hear the crickets in the background pretty much. Like it was just very awkward. And, um, we started, uh, preaching and, um, three women came forward and, um, all of the people, the, all, there, was, there was like 30 men standing behind um, the three women who walked forward. And when they knelt down and started to give their life to Christ, they all started judging her, like laughing and like, what, what is she doing there? And like just really making fun of her. And that was something that was really hard for us to take because we're like, these people are they're giving their lives to Christ. Like we should be rejoicing, but they were not. And uh, it was a very uncomfortable situation. And we, um, one of the, the pastors got up and was um, talking about, he said, you know, you think that it's weakness. He said, I only, I'm only saying this because I feel Holy Spirit lead me to say this. He said, but you think it's weakness to, to, li to live for Christ, to lay your life down and live for Christ, but it's weakness to stay in your sin and go to hell. He said, you're going to die and go to hell if you don't, if you don't accept Christ. And, 
and still no one, we kept calling for altar call, no one would come forward, and um, uh, one of the uh, African pastors walked up, and we don't know what he said, but he said something that apparently got their attention, and all 25 men stepped forward and bowed and laid their face on the ground, and we were able to pray for them, so 25 men that day got saved, and um, so that was an incredible experience as well, and um, another miracle, uh, we had like the five, five loaves and two fish or is it vice versa? Yeah, we had something like that happen to us. Um, so we counted 140 Bibles, um, that we were going to pass out to the kids. It's not this school. I'll show you a picture of the other school, but, um, we counted 140 Bibles three times. So we had counted them. We're like, it's 140 Bibles every time. Well, we get to the school, we're passing them out, and uh, we gave out 50 Bibles to the teachers. We gave out 152 Bibles to the students. We had 140 Bibles, and God provided us with 202 Bibles. And we were just blown away. We're like, that's 62 Bibles straight down from heaven. Like, God, you are so good. Like, it was just, we were freaking out because it was just amazing. Like, that's just incredible. And that's the thing Like, he wants to do that kind of stuff here. We just have to be open to it. He's so speaking. He's so there. And Holy Spirit is just moving. Um, so I got to sit down with one of the Africans. I'm trying to hurry. I want to let Josh preach. Um, but I uh, got to sit down with one of the Africans and we were talking and um, I asked him about his prayer life. This was amazing to me. I said, what is your prayer life like? What do, you, what do you pray when you go in your prayer time and how does that look to you? And he said, honestly, 90% is thanking God for what he has done. And it was just, they don't have anything. Um, they have absolutely nothing. In fact, the jewelry and stuff that I'm wearing uh, was given to me. And um, that's a really big uh, deal because they would wear these and this was what they used to make money. Um, they would go to markets and they would sell the jewelry and stuff and that's how they made money. So for them to take that off and hand it to you, they only gave us their best. We had one person come in and um, invite us back into their Boma to drink tea with them. And uh, so they gave us their best goat milk, their best tea, their best spices, everything, and made it up for us. And so they have absolutely nothing, but they're hungry. They're so hungry for God. They're so hungry for a movement of God that they just want to give their, the best that they can give when they absolutely have nothing. So that was so humbling to me. Um, so the, one of the last things I want to share, before I do my slideshow real quick, um, we were, kind of want to give you my heart a minute where this comes from with um, actual uh, being a missionary and stuff. We were out at camp one day. Um, we, were, we were preaching and the camp was empty and um, the teacher from the school walked over to our camp and was talking to um, Miss Mary Gold, which is the pastor's wife we were with, and she was sitting there talking to him and um, the teacher said, so I don't understand. You have the American dream. You have everything you could want. You, you live in a beautiful home. You, you know, you get to, you're, you're free. And she said, we here, we dream about having the American dream. We dream about being able to come over there and live like you guys. And she said, why is that? Why do you leave your home to come over? And, and Miss Marigold got to share our hearts behind that. And she said, you know, we can take, or for, for as temporary, we, all we have on this earth is, is um, our cars and our houses. And when she said, we can't take all of that to heaven with us. 
she said, but you know what we can take is we can take the souls that we, that, that we are able to pour into and that Christ is able to, to save. And he, he, she said, that's what we're able to take. And so it, like, we found ourselves in such a place of, it was easy to, to camp out in the middle of nowhere because we would set up our camp about an hour away from the Bulmas that we went to. And we stayed in tents the whole week we were there and um, took bucket showers and stuff. And it was almost very easy because we knew that we were making such a big difference in the people's lives around us. And so it wasn't something that was just hard. And, um, so that was, that was absolutely incredible. It was so amazing. Um, but, um, Nisha, if you will, um, Okay, this was the school that we got to go to the last day of ministry. Uh, Forty of these kids got saved. Um, we preached the gospel, just told them how much Jesus loved them, and uh, 40 of them got saved. Okay. Um, this is just part, some, part of our team, um, some of the Americans and then some of the Africans. That was there at our camp. Uh, the very last day we were there, all of the people who got saved dressed up, or the people who were saved previously dressed up in their old traditional um, outfits and stuff, and they come out and uh, did a dance for us and stuff. And so that was a lot of our guards that uh, watched over us at night, and um, a lot of the women who washed our clothes for us, that was them. Um, that was a picture of the girls in the school. We got to minister with these girls. Um, we come up to the to the school, and they they would like they were so fascinated with it. They would touch your skin and look because they'd never seen white people before. So it was amazing. They would touch your hair, and um, they uh, had beautiful voices and just so full of life and so full of laughter. And um, so we got to minister there several times. Okay, this um, picture, this necklace actually come from this little girl. Um, Mr. Gideon, he overheard me talking about how pretty the necklaces were, and he told me he wanted to bring bring me one. So the next day, uh, he says, I have a little girl coming to bring you a necklace. And I said, okay. And so she comes to me, and um, she... Uh, she goes to put it on me, and Mr. Gideon stopped him, and he said, she said, he said, um, I want you to, to bless my daughter. He said your prayers are powerful. He was talking about our team. He said, there's other teams that have come in before and that like medical missions and things like that who have come in before, but they haven't carried the power that you guys are carrying. And he said, I want you to bless my daughter and, and pray over her. And that was just such an amazing moment for me because right, right in the middle of the camp, I just bent down in front of her, held her hands and just prayed over her life that she'd be free from perversion and that God would use her and at such a young age. And I knelt down and she put it over my head and um, it just, I sat there and squalled and Gideon said, take a picture, take a picture. And I was like, okay, we'll take a picture. So um, that was so neat to me um, to be able to experience that. Um, this was uh, how a lot of the women dressed. Um, they would, we saw cows and goats and stuff everywhere. So um, that was just a picture I got on the side. Um, that is a Bulma. Um, that is actually one of the nicer Bulmas. Um, I know it's hard to, wrap your mind around that, but um, for them to actually have cloth and stuff around it to keep the wind and animals and stuff out is a very big blessing because a lot of them didn't even have that. Um, that was one of the little girls. That's how a lot of them dressed. Um, that was one of the girls from the school. That was our camp. That's where we stayed all week. Um, this was in the school that uh, we ministered in. Um, we were there several times. I uh, got to hear their testimonies, their hearts. So that was a really good experience. Um, that was another picture of the girls. We had gone out. We played Frisbee with them and played ball with them, and they just had so much fun. 
Uh, we were ministering Sunday morning. Uh, we ministered to, there was probably 200 people in that little small room, and uh, we got to minister there. That was the, um, the crusade that I talked about. Um, that was where we had the crusade. A little over to the right is where we actually had it, but um, people would just come out of everywhere to, to listen and um, see what there was to offer, to see what there was to share. Um, that was some of the women that would wash our clothes at the camp. The last one. Okay. Um, there's a video that um, I'd like to share real quick. It was just the girls singing. I just wanted y'all to get to see kind of how they do. It's just a short little video. They had such beautiful voices, and we tried dancing like them, and it just didn't work. They are so much better at that than we are. But they are, we, every single song that they wrote or sang was nothing about themselves and all about lifting up God. Every single one of them, they would sing. I, I should have wrote down some of the song lyrics, but it was amazing, the song lyrics that they would sing, because it was all thanking Him and nothing asking for themselves. Everything was giving. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.